and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things that spoke to be, as well as take a look around the hockey world in general. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, basically anywhere you can get your podcasts. And each new episode will automatically be uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Please also rate and review if you have a moment. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. If you want to email me, you can send those messages to LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. On today's podcast, we're opening up the mailbag and also taking a deeper look at the NHL's return to play format, which is currently being discussed uh, between the league and its players and how that might affect our Boston Bruins. In case you haven't seen it, here's basically how it is proposed to work. Uh, and this is largely from Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, who have done uh, amazing work trying to break this down. So it looks like there will be two different hubs of 12 teams, an Eastern Conference hub, and a Western Conference hub. The 5th through 12th seeds would play a, I believe it's a best of three, no, sorry, best three out of five play-in round, meaning in the Eastern Conference, you would have uh, 5th seed Pittsburgh against 12th seed Montreal, 6th seed Carolina against 11th seed New York Rangers, 7th seed Islanders against the 10th seeded Florida Panthers, and then 8th seed Toronto Maple Leafs against the 9th seeded Columbus Blue Jackets. Those teams will play a best 3 out of 5 play in round to determine who would advance to the first round of the quote-unquote Stanley Cup playoffs. Out west, you'd have uh, Edmonton versus Chicago, uh, Nashville versus Arizona, Vancouver versus Minnesota, and Calgary versus Winnipeg. So all of these teams will be playing a minimum of three games in order to uh, secure their spot in the playoffs, perhaps up to five games if those series go the distance. Now, uh, one thing that stands out is, well, what happens to the top four teams? Will they just have to sit around and wait until those bottom seeds are resolved. And this is where things get a bit more interesting, particularly in relation to our Boston Bruins. We all know the Bruins were first place in the Eastern Conference, first place overall, the only team to reach 100 points up until the point where the season was paused. Under this proposal, and this is according to Chris Johnston, he writes, the top four teams in each conference will still be jockeying for seeding even while receiving a bye directly into the playoffs. The proposed format would see Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia play each other in the East, while St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas do so in the West, with the outcome helping determine how those teams are seeded number one 
through number four to start the first round. This will ensure those NHL heavyweights are giving something to play for while the other 16 teams contest best of five play-in series to determine their playoff opponents. So basically what would happen is those four teams would, uh, I believe, play each other once, so guaranteeing each three games. And whoever finishes with the best record atop that group, I'm sure there'd be a bunch of, uh, you know, tie-breaking scenarios as well. They would get the first seed, and then uh, the rest would be ranked, you know, two through four. So what that means is the Bruins, after all the work they put in in the regular season, would not be guaranteed the top seed in the playoffs, uh, would not be guaranteed, you know, home ice advantage through the playoffs as the best team in the regular season. I can see the validity of this in some ways because, uh, it's already been reported that teams like the Bruins, like the Capitals, teams that have been at the top of their divisions all season long, uh, don't want to enter the playoffs with no game action while, uh, you know, their opponent has already played three to five games, earning their spot in the playoffs. So it makes sense for these teams to get some meaningful game action. On the other hand, it doesn't quite seem fair that the Bruins would have to fight for their top seed after having earned it over the course of 70 games. Uh, you get another three games to secure that. It doesn't really seem fair considering they had quite, uh, you know, a buffer on Tampa Bay in terms of points and were well ahead of the field in the regular season standings. It's also important to note that there would be no reseeding under this format. Chris Johnston writes, the proposed format it would be bracketed similar to the NCAA tournament, somewhat lessening the sting if, for example, Boston or St. Louis weren't to end up with the number one seed after leading their respective conferences when the regular season was paused. Any of the top four teams in the East or West could actually end up facing the lowest seed remaining following the play-in round. For example, the number four seed could face number 12 Montreal in the event the Canadians pulled off an upset over number five Pittsburgh, while the number one seed would be left with the winner of number eight Toronto versus number nine Columbus. So there would be no reseeding under this format. Like I said, um, the eight and nine team would automatically play the first seed, the 12 versus five series. They would play the four seed. So, you know, you'd expect that Pittsburgh would beat um, Montreal, but if Montreal were to pull off the upset, then the number four seed would have the benefit of playing the number 12 team, albeit one that just beat Pittsburgh. So finishing first doesn't necessarily mean that you will get the lowest seed, which kind of evens it out a little bit in that respect. Now, of course, uh, it's important to note that this format hasn't yet been finalized or even approved. The NHLPA's executive board will discuss the proposed framework during a call uh Thursday night. That's when that call was to take place. It's now Friday morning. They ultimately have to sign off on any plan, put it into action. Nothing happens without the league's blessing as well. So both sides would have to agree. Both sides would have to approve it. I would assume there have to be a vote and things like that. We know that there have been players who have expressed concern about gathering again, uh, leaving their families, 
during this COVID-19 pandemic. There's issues of testing, uh, ensuring everybody's kept safe, where these games will be played. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts, but that is basically the proposed format. 24 teams, teams 4 through 12, would have a best 3 out of 5 play-in. The top 4 teams would play kind of a round-robin style, uh, one game each against the other. So Boston would play uh, Washington, Tampa, and Philadelphia. The team that has the best record out of those four, sorry, three games would finish first, and that would determine the seeding going forward. Um, Again, I have some issue with it in terms of devaluing the success that the Bruins had during the regular season, but it is somewhat of a fair way to make sure every team enters the actual playoff bracket, having some meaningful games under their belts, and the re- the lack of reseeding rather uh, kind of evens out the seeding as well because it's possible that, say, if Boston finished fourth in that re- or top four seeding uh, round robin, they could end up facing Montreal as a 12th seed, but um, that might be unlikely considering they'd be playing Pittsburgh. But all that to say, there's still a lot up in the air. There's still some problematic issues when it comes to our Bruins. And I really think, um, yeah, it's obviously yet to be decided whether or not this is even going to be going forward, whether or not the players will agree with it. Um, You know, there's also issues of contracts being deferred past June 30th, uh, the border being closed between Canada and the United States, players returning from Europe and having to be quarantined. Uh, So at this point, you know, we're probably still a month at least away from uh, this even becoming a reality. Uh, There have to be some some training camp in there as well. Um, So a lot of moving parts, but that's basically the proposal. Let me know what you think at LO underscore Boston Bruins or email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com and I can start to go through your responses and maybe share some of those on the podcast next week. Uh, But yeah, that's basically uh, what we're looking at, hockey fans, if and when hockey is able to come back for the ballots of the 2019-20 season. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. I've been talking about them for a few weeks now, made my way through my first box of Built Bars, and I cannot be happier with what I found inside. They come in 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate Nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and it really feels like you're eating a candy bar. However, the good news is they are healthy. They're designed for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And right now, you can get your first box of Built Bars for $10 off the regular price. If you use promo code locked on at builtbar.com, again, that's go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for $10 off your first box of built bars. Trust me, you will not regret it. I have very much enjoyed my first box and can't wait to get some more. It's time now for a weekly dip into the mailbag, and there's a few questions to answer this week. First comes from Calgary Trade Central. Perhaps the most important question, how are you doing? Well, 
I took a half day off work today because uh, both my wife and I needed a mental break. Uh, she has been doing the lion's share of the homeschooling with our three sons over the last 10 weeks, minus the March break. I've still been fortunate enough to work full time, but my uh, work team is much reduced, uh, meaning there's quite a lot of work to be done. So um, I, yeah, just needed a bit of a break this afternoon to be sure. We like to kind of rate uh, how full our tanks are on 1 to 100. Hopefully, as a, a couple, my wife and I equal 100. <laughs> and uh, we've both been kind of 30 to 40 lately. Um, so, yeah, the whole uh, social distancing, closures, having the kids home for what could be up to five and a half months if they go back to school on time, um, everything being closed, the weather being nicer, nothing really to look forward to, uh, increased workload while trying to homeschool as well. It's all just a lot. So, if you're asking how I'm doing, my answer is probably, you know, not great, but one day at a time. Another question comes from Adam at El Seldo. He asks, why does this playoff format make the Leafs face the Bruins? I kind of talked about this in the opening segment, but, you know, there is no guarantee that the Bruins and Maple Leafs would face off in the first round, and that's because of two reasons. Under the proposed format, the Maple Leafs and Columbus Blue Jackets would be forced to play a best three out of five to determine who would get the uh, eight seed heading into uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. If that's the case, you know, I don't think it's a guarantee that the Maple Leafs would in fact beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets um, were on the same level as the Maple Leafs up to this point in the regular season. They both had identical point percentages at 579. Uh, the Blue Jackets will be getting a number of players back healthy. Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, like key players. And they also had one of the hottest goalies in the NHL and Elvis Merzilikins. So to suggest the Maple Leafs would automatically advance past the Blue Jackets uh, is a reach, especially considering what the Blue Jackets did to Tampa Bay last season, albeit with a different roster. And then, of course, there's the seeding of the top four teams, where the Bruins, again, would have to play a game against Tampa Bay, a game against Washington, and a game against Philadelphia. The top team uh, in that group would get the number one seed, who would have uh, the benefit of playing the Maple Leafs or the Blue Jackets. The Bruins, you know, despite being the number one seed across the NHL once the season was paused. There's no guarantee that they would have the top seed in the Eastern Conference, meaning they could play the winner of Toronto-Columbus or the winner of Montreal-Pittsburgh or the winner of New York Islanders and Florida Panthers as the two seed or the winner of the Hurricanes and Rangers as the three seed. You know what's preferable there? I, I think you'd rather play the Maple Leafs or Blue Jackets than the Penguins. Uh, I think... Either one of the Islanders or Panthers you'd really want to play, and uh, maybe not the Hurricanes or Rangers, really. So, you know, you'd want to be the one or two seed probably, uh, but again, there's no guarantees that uh, those top seeds will advance to the playoff round. So Montreal, perhaps, could be the four 
or the 12 seed advancing and would play the number four seed. So it's all kind of up in the air, and I think it's that way designed by the NHL to make it uh, open and entertaining, very untraditional. Will there be an asterisk? You know, probably. Um, if it comes to fruition, will I want the Bruins to have the best possible chance at making good on this team's potential? Obviously. Uh, but at the end of the day, and like I said uh, on Twitter today, uh, in response to Matt Larkin from the Hockey News, who was saying, you know, people are complaining about the format. Let's just kind of be happy that hockey might be coming back. Um, I responded by saying, you know, I miss hockey as much as the next person. I'm much less concerned with the format than whether it's safe for these players and coaches and staff to actually uh, gather again. Even if it's in two hubs, it's still a lot of people uh, in a concentrated area, especially more if families are allowed to come. The format does kind of stink as the Bruins aren't automatically afforded the number one seed. But the whole situation is pretty shitty and we're all just trying to make the best of it. I just don't want them to rush it back at the expense of human life, at the expense of safety. And at the end of the day, this uh, proposed format is a bit of a pipe dream until all of those hurdles can be cleared. The final question is uh, non-hockey related, but I really liked it. It's from Chris Kraft at Kraft underscore dig. He asks, what are your favorite Disney live action movies? Now, these live action movies have become pretty hot lately with, you know, Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, They do date back to like the early 90s with uh, Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. Then we had 101... Dalmatians, 102 Dalmatians, came back really to the fore with Alice in Wonderland, uh, Maleficent, Cinderella. Um, If I had to pick my favorite, it's actually the 19, sorry, the 2016 release of The Jungle Book, directed by Jon Favreau. And uh, of all of them, I really think that is the best one. It's uh, very entertaining. The visuals are amazing. Uh, Bill Murray is the voice of uh, Baloo the Bear, and uh, the kid in it who plays Mowgli is pretty funny. Overall, I think that is the strongest one. I didn't actually hate uh, The Lion King. I'd probably put that second. Um, I just watched part of it last night, actually. Not the same as the original, of course, but um, it's still uh, pretty entertaining, and I really like Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner as Pumbaa and Timon. Uh, Aladdin was pretty weak. I haven't actually seen Dumbo all the way through Lady and the Tramp. I haven't watched. That was a Disney Plus original. Uh, Christopher Robin was okay. I wouldn't really call that a live-action remake, per se. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was not bad either, but very long, and I I still don't really understand casting an English actress to play Belle, who is from, you know, rural France. So I guess if I ranking my top three, I'd say Jungle Book, number one for sure. Lion King, number two. And then, I don't know, the jury's still out on some of the other ones. I can't really rate Dumbo, Maleficent. Uh, those are remakes of Sleeping Beauty. Um, yeah, I guess toss up between Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. I'd probably put Beauty and the Beast up there. Disney Plus, get into it, friends. I'd much prefer some of the animated ones, to be honest. Um, 
I'm a big sucker for kids' movies, especially having three sons. That's pretty much all I watch these days. And uh, yeah, I would be interested in answering animated movie favorites question, but I'll save that for a different week. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. I wanted to begin with an article that was released on here on Friday, the 22nd of May, about uh, Jake DeBrusque and how his Bruins teammates uh, really like to chirp him in the locker room, I guess is the best way of saying it. Now, the headline reads, The Bruins Dressing Room Whipping Boy, colon, Why Everyone Abuses Jake DeBrusque. And here's the premise. Uh, Just about every group of male buddies contains one beloved member who organically becomes target practice for blade-sharp grief. This ritual usually holds for every segment of XY chromosomed cohorts, be they schoolmates, office workers, or beer leaguers. While boys are busy being boys, wives and girlfriends view this activity with equal servings of bewilderment, disdain, and sympathy. The Bruins are no different. Jake Jake DeBrusque is their quarry. Over the past three seasons, verbal assaults on DeBrusque have been the baseline to the soundtrack of the Bruins' dressing room. Busting the 23-year-old's chops face-to-face has become so commonplace that its absence is one of the deeply felt casualties of the pandemic-caused scattering. Now, the article goes on to explain how Jake DeBrusque is a bit of a unique guy, a funny guy. Uh, a bit of a locker room clown. Uh, guys like to give him some good-natured ribbing. He likes to give it back, and there's you know a healthy back and forth. Now, this week already we've discussed the article on the Players' Tribune that was released by Akeem Alou, who detailed some very serious uh, racism, abuse, and uh, just overall shocking and abhorrent treatment uh, suffered in hockey locker rooms. Reading this article on Jake DeBrusque, it does come across as pretty lighthearted, fairly innocent. I'm sure it doesn't detail all that is said in the locker room, obviously, but to frame it as uh, the Bruins dressing room ripping boy, why everyone abuses Jake DeBrusque in light of the greater conversation Spurred by Akeem Alou this week, it's kind of like, you know, read the room, maybe frame it in a different way. I I suggested maybe saying, you know, Bruins dressing room clown, why everyone loves Jake DeBrusque instead of saying whipping boy and why everyone abuses Jake DeBrusque. Um, You know, Fluto Shenzawa, I really love his writing. I don't know if he's responsible for this headline or if it was an editorial choice on the part of the, The Athletic, but... Uh, pretty unfortunate uh, considering the timing and just that language overall, whipping boy abuse. Um, I've already had people chirp back at me on Twitter saying, have you ever been in a locker room? Have you ever played sports? I get it. This is what what happens. And if it's good-natured ribbing, that's totally fine. I, I have no problem with busting people's chops. Uh, there's bonds that are formed that way. You know, I see that from playing on teams from living in a college dorm in the past Uh, there's bonds that are created over good-natured ribbing and having a laugh together Uh, but framing it as abuse and whipping boy um, is unfortunate you know 
DeBrusque, to his credit, he said, it's fun. It kind of spices things up. Guys will get to have chirps. Guys will have good chirps. If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? I think that is a healthy way to view things, a healthy way to go through life, uh, not to take yourself too seriously. Um, but just the framing of the article in light of Akima Lu's story uh, seemed unfortunate to me. Maybe people think I'm being too sensitive about that, um, but I don't think I am too far off base in that assessment. I know the Bruins have a no-tolerance policy on bullying. Zdeno Char has been very vocal about that, about not referring to uh, first-year players as rookies, about treating everyone with respect and part of the team. You know, but just the framing of it is very uh, concerning. Um, People who, you know, have experienced legitimate abuse in locker rooms, who have been actual whipping boys in the locker room, Um, This could be pretty triggering for them and upsetting to read. Um, And so I think just really being mindful of the language that we're using to frame these uh, kinds of stories, anecdotes, I think is very important. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that this was framed in that way because we do know that Jake DeBrusque is a fun guy. He's beloved by Bruins fans for the most part. I think for the most part, guys in the room are um, respectful. I'm sure there's some good-natured ribbing that goes on. I'm sure there's some players who cross the line. We saw that even on the Bruins' 2011 Zoom call a couple of weeks ago. Um, but again, in light of Akeem Alou's story, it's just really not the time to be sharing these stories perhaps, and certainly not with those kind of headlines to boot. One final note on the proposed playoff format. Uh, TSN's Bob McKenzie reported the NHL had a conference call uh, Thursday night, and he says it was, quote, spirited if not raucous. The executive committee voting won't be finalized until Friday, but some believe uh, head of the NHLPA, Donald Fear, may already have or will get the mandate to accept the plan, but not overwhelmingly so. This suggests that even if there are enough votes to pass, it may still be a tough call. It's an emotional issue, as one might expect. We should have more clarity soon. So, obviously, some players not fully on board with this plan, especially, I would think, some of the more fringe teams. We've already seen a lot of Montreal Canadiens players kind of question this. Uh, Not the best shot of advancing as the 24th overall team, but... Um, I think players from all teams might have some concerns about uh, being sequestered from their families, giving up a few months of time with them, uh, uncertainty in terms of um, health and safety, all these kinds of things. It, It would be very natural, I think, for some players to question the validity of this and whether or not it's actually worth it or um, just put a pin on this season and begin afresh next year. That's it for this week's episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, my name is Ian McLaren, and I am uh, proud and happy to be the host of this podcast. Can't believe we're up over 150 episodes now. Thank you so much for all of you who have listened to one or some of these episodes. I really much appreciate the support. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves, that you have a good weekend, 
I'll be enjoying uh, what's supposed to be nice weather, a couple of ciders, continuing to watch Dark on Netflix for the third time, season one, and moving into the second time for season two. I got my wife on board, and she is uh, hooked. And uh, yeah, like I, I can't say enough about how good that show is. Still watching some New Girl, some Community as well, uh, when I need a bit of levity. And uh, also started reading uh, A Wind in the Door, which is a sequel to Wrinkle in Time, uh, which are pretty cool books as well. If you're looking for some more hockey content, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast. And also visit BuiltBar.com. Get $10 off your first box of Built Bars. That's it, people. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Peace.